Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Desi Abeta, a registered dietitian from Tucson, Arizona, who has a passion to inspire men to prioritize their family time by teaching and coaching them to utilize nutrition and exercise tactics that will boost their emotional, mental, and physical availability for their family. I think it's hard to be a male in this female-dominated dietetics field, and that's why Desi is an inspiration to many for his awesome and unique contribution to dietetics. Desi shares his very personal journey to dietetics, which always circles around the importance of food and family. He has started his own business, Food Talk Nutrition, with a purpose to help men along their wellness journey through his own experience and expertise. Throughout the podcast, he shares many nuggets of wisdom for all of us dietitians and talks about how the power of connection means everything. Please enjoy my conversation with Desi. I bet. Yeah, well, that is. So how do you say your first name? So if if I don't put a accent on it, it's Desiderio. Um, okay. But the, my full name is Desiderio. Desiderio. I like there you go. that. I love it. that name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably, I, those poor teachers probably looked at you and were like, oh God, oh gosh. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it would be like. And to be honest, I hated my name, but now I, I really like it. Just funny. I love your name. Yeah. <laughs> you. I love your, that's, isn't it funny though, how when you're younger, you just, you don't really embrace all the, the small things that make you, you and your name is yeah. such a big part of that. And then when you get older, you're like, oh. Yeah, that's awesome name. Why was I so yeah. anti my name? <laughs> I know. I'm to- I'm totally with you. Same thing with my hair. I hated my hair, but now I really like it. <laughs> Who knows? Really? What did you hate about your hair? Because <laughs> my hair is really, really curly. Um, oh. Really curly. So I couldn't have the haircuts that my friends had, right? So, sure. So I hated it. And, but now it's it's like my, I don't know, I, I kind of call it my self-care tool because I'll, I'll get a haircut usually like maybe almost every week. And it's just, it's nice. <laughs> it's just your time to you. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. As, <laughs> as, as much as I try to. <laughs> that's good. Self-care is so important. I think mm-hmm. that's something, even like a haircut, that's even a, that is self-care. And people don't realize taking those little moments are so good for you. I know they are. <laughs> well, let's, so let's get back to when you were a little Desi. When did you... <laughs> <laughs> when did you uh when did you kind of get started interested in nutrition and, and health and yeah. all that kind of good stuff? Um that's a good question. You know, I we my fiance and I actually were talking about this the other day. You know, as kids we didn't really think about nutrition in any kind of way. I mean, you took your regular PE classes and they taught you why it's important to to exercise, to eat better. But for me, I didn't start thinking about food in a different kind of way until I would honestly stay until college. But if I think back to my experience with food, you know, for me, I, I mean, I've said this before in, in different types of conversations, and I really love talking about it because, you know, growing up, I have a family of five. And then outside of that, my along with my cousins, my aunts and uncles, I mean, I think I have like 25 some odd cousins on one side. So Oh my God. Yeah. So (laughs) that's a lot of people, right? 
So uh -huh. we would get together for our big family gatherings, you know, Christmas or any of the other ones, you know, everyone didn't get presents. You just got time together and it was always with food. So for me, it kind of goes back to just really appreciating, like, as I'm a parent now, like really appreciating that they did their best and they wanted us to learn some really great core values. And that was food, family, and culture. So when I think back to those things, those are things that really come up and like, Oh my gosh, like I really did appreciate those times. And, um, you know, every birthday of mine, my mom will make me the same thing and invite my friends over. So it, it's one of those things that Aww. I didn't think about it at the time, but when I think about it as an adult to like little Desi, <laughs> <laughs> little little little, cur little curly headed Afro Desi. <laughs> um, I know I know I know that he appreciated that because it was like oh I get to see my cousins and I get to have those tostadas today. This is a great day. <laughs> yeah. Do you find yourself then kind of applying that to your own life without really purposefully doing it? Like it's just ingrained in you. Absolutely. You know i I don't know what I was um, what I was watching or. It might have been Brené Brown because I'm a huge Brené Brown person, mm -hmm. but I have a picture of actually in my office right now that I'm looking at. I have a picture of me at three and a picture of me at eight. And um, the the whole method behind all of that is like, hey, the way that and it goes back to positive self-talk, which is not part of your question, but I think is important. Um, <clears throat> it goes a positive self-talk of saying, hey, some of the things that you say to yourself now would you say that to your three-year-old self or your eight-year-old self? So like, those are things. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you asked that, that I always try to think back like, okay, the way that I'm either treating myself now or the way that I'm choosing to connect with my daughter and my wife um, are these ways that I was connected to at that age. And more often than not, you know, my parents were amazing. My family was amazing. So, you know, I, I try to, I try to put those lenses on to say like, okay, like how is this interacting, you know, especially with food too. Like, are you, are you creating enjoyment for your family or are you just going through the motions? So that's, that's a great question. I, I think for me, it just points back to really having more of appreciation for the whole process. I, I love that you have a, I wouldn't even know where to find a picture of myself. At <laughs> so I think I need to do that because you're know, so right? right about that lens is it's a good lens to have because think of, what you thought about at those ages. I mean, they were very, everything was just so, you just remember so much positivity and so many good things. And like you said, food was just a positive. You got to see your cousins and you got to play. And yeah, that's yeah. a great thing to apply as adults. Like, why can't we experience that same feeling that we did when we were that age? I know it's, it's such a crazy thing. If you think about it, I mean, for, for most people that I'm connecting with, you know, especially you, like we're trying to, let's say build our social media brand or, you know, continue to connect with other people in our field and obviously connect with people that we want to work with and people just in general, it's a, it's a really nice anchoring thing to think back and say, you know, before we had any of these tools, which I think are really positive tools um, of social media and things like that. But before we had any of those, we connected with our family. We connected with friends. We did these things face to face and, you know, I like the pictures, although like I'll have to send them to you so that you can put them in yeah. the show notes or something. But, yeah, I would love you know, to. In, in one picture, it's a really big afro, and the other one, it's just <laughs> a really, really bad haircut that was tried to be a flat top, but doesn't look like. Oh, one. <laughs> that's when you were trying to be like your friends, right? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be my friends, and I just, you know, like like I had said, I 
I couldn't do it, but now I appreciate what my hair looks like. See, and that's another great thing from those pictures too. That's just all those good things to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, is that your daughter in the background? Yeah. Sorry. She broke no, into the office. No, right now. I love it. I love her giggles. She sounds so happy. <laughs> she, what's because your, I, your, yeah, my, uh, the, <laughs> I don't know how she does it. She's going to be an escape artist somehow, someday. So <laughs> she always gets in during conversation. So. Oh, that's cute. I'll have to bring her in one time. <laughs> yeah. What's your daughter's name? So her name's Aurora, but we call her Rory. Oh, and how old is she? So she's going to be three in two weeks. My gosh. Oh, my God. Okay. So we have to get the three-year-old picture. You got to get those ready for her. So she's got them for her life journey. <laughs> yeah. The comparison is just uncanny. Uh, really? My, yeah. My, my wife is a, is a white woman. So she, Rory is a nice combination of us two. So she's oh. a little fair skin, but she has, you know, both of our... and. My my wife's hair is really curly too, so she has a nice little oh. afro puff. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love yeah. curls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you really I like that you go back to just kind of food family and creating that atmosphere. <clears throat> so you said that college was when you kind of maybe had like dietetics as on your radar as a degree, or what were you studying, or how did you get to that point? Yeah. So. I originally, when I was in high school, we had to do this senior exit project was like, Hey, what do you want to do with life? Which is such a wrong question to ask a a senior in high school. (laughs) Right. Because it's like, at the time you asked me, it's like, well, I want to go to the NBA, the major league, you know, I want to play major league baseball in the NFL. Like, okay. Like that's what I want to do. It's like, okay, well, Desi, what else? Like, fine crush my dreams i'll be a pediatrician (laughs) (laughs) total totally the same thing right (laughs) right so i i came out of the the kind of proverbial gates of like high school of wanting to be a pediatrician and so you know first two years of college you know general chem happened and i was like okay Mm -hmm. i got i can't get into medical school with a c so we'll see we'll see what else happens that was me too. Me yeah, too. No, gosh, I hate I hated general chemistry. I don't know why we have to take it. Anyway. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time, the place that I graduated from, which is the University of Arizona, they didn't have a pre-med program. So by default, the nutrition or dietetics program was their pre-med. And so after going oh. through the first year or two, I really just fell in love with it. I, I think my first nutrition class was like life cycle. And they started talking about, you know, what happens for children as they go from, you know, toddler to young adolescence to adolescence and, and food development and those things. And for me, it was just like light bulbs going off at every stage of like, oh my gosh, like my family did a really good job of anchoring these core values and it also always, always having to do with food. So that was kind of like just light bulbs throughout that whole like little summer semester that I took life cycle. Cause that was the first nutrition course that I took. And then I just really fell in love with it because for me, it just pointed back to like, Oh, like these were all the really great things that my grandparents instilled in my aunts and uncles and my, and my parents. And now like with me at the time, I wasn't a, a dad or anything, but like, Hey, at some point I'm going to get to do this. So it's, it's one of those things where it's a constant, 
evolution, and it's one that I'm just really appreciating. So you've always had you've always had this you've always had a, a thing for children. Like you've had some connection yeah. to to kids, whether it was nutrition or having your own kids. So that mm-hmm. definitely is a testament to what you're doing now as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, the because I'm the oldest of five, and so the older wow. three, like there's like maybe three, four years in between us, but there's also a additional two that came when I was 13 years old. So I, I mean, I kind of, <laughs> I oh, kind of wow. parented yeah. them too. And, and to be honest, they're both uh, 19 and 20. Um, one of which is going to be a successful coder. And the other one uh, is following in my st- footsteps at the university of Arizona to be a dietitian. So it's, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really cool to see them grow up because like they, they were kind of, I joke with them like, Hey, like you guys were my first go around with parenting. So I made all my mistakes with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind. Of, that's kind of probably true, though. I mean, I yeah. being an older sibling and you got to help take care of them. And do they? Do they have like a connection? Do they? Are they very happy that they had you around to help them <clears throat> with their journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know this is something that that my mom told me that I just really appreciated because there there comes a point in time, and I'm sure other parents or leaders or anyone out there can you know, likely relate to this, but you get to a point where you're like, okay, they're not listening to me. I need to start using force. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or control or, or mind games, like something they're not listening. Right. So, yes. um, you know, my, my mom said something really valuable to me and said, you know, there's going to be, you know, with them, they're going to go through different stages of life. And at some point they're going to connect with you in that stage. Cause they might've appreciated you in that stage that they're struggling with. So, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure that you're present, make sure that you're loving, make sure that you're understanding, because if you control them, they're not going to feel safe enough to come to you during that moment. So going back to your question, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, especially for my younger two siblings, um, they've come to me at different, you know, sections of like, Hey, does I really need some help with this? Or, you know, can we spend some time together? You know, right now, as as my sister's going through the same schooling that I did, it's really nice to connect with her about like, sure. hey, um, yes, your grades matter, and at the same time, <laughs> so does your life. So, <laughs> yeah, that you is don't need true. to take eighteen credits, regardless of what your counselor is telling you. Like, graduate in your own time. Make sure that you make connections because I was not a great student on paper, but I hustled my butt off to make good connections. So that's kind of. That's kind of where I'm at. So it's it's one of those things where it's kind of nice to to be more present and to be more loving. Although, and I I, <laughs> I don't do this perfectly. There are times where I'm like, okay, mind games go right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's just that's just part of our human nature. I think a little bit. Yeah. Like we try we try to fight that, but it's it's hard sometimes. No, I'm totally with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny you said. I think it's awesome that you have your sister. You're probably helping her like, hey, chemistry, it sucks, but you're going to get through it. So don't bog yeah. yourself down and don't, don't wear yourself out. That is so hard. Yeah, it, it is. It is so hard. I don't know. Do you do you remember chemistry? I mean, I, I know for oh a fact gosh. that like, especially with Ochem, organic chemistry. Yes. I... <laughs> <laughs> so I used to ride during that time. I used to ride my bike to to school, and like I can tell you, like three times, and that I cried on the way home. 
No, me too. Oh, I I was with you because I even got like a tutor and I still didn't get it. Like I would stay up and I would even go to the teacher. The professor would stay up with me and he would like go over the same thing over and over and I just wouldn't get it. I'm like, why yeah. can't I get this? <laughs> yeah, it's and I've said this to her. It's something in it. And I think it's a little bit more of an image of life, too, when you don't get the result that that you want and you work so hard for it. I mean, this is just a perfect example. I mean, if you study for almost 48 straight hours and you get your test grade back and it's a 36, but the curve is at a 45, it's like, why not just dumb this test down so that it doesn't have to be this way? That is so true. Did you? So you guys had everything on a curve too. See, we did too. It was so weird. Like, yeah, how did I even pass that class? I never should have passed those classes. <laughs> no, I. You know, I really lucked out too because we had a really, really great, great OCHEM teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he was amazing because he he was he was part of. I think if I had it correctly, he was part of the team that created. Um, you know, some a lot of the Clorox like oh really like i don't reagency i don't know like he probably if he was listening today like desi that's the wrong word okay that's the wrong word (laughs) didn't you heard that (laughs) yeah but he was part of that original team and he would take in like (laughs) he did one he did one that was really great he was like you know this is how your breathalyzer works right so he he like sipped on maraschino cherry juice and blew like a 0.05 right and then (laughs) He did like isopropyl alcohol and blew like a 0.30 and it's like stuff like that, that I just really appreciated. Like, man, and it's something that I take into how I teach too, because I'm very visual and it's like, I want to be able to connect with the people that I'm trying to teach. And so like, how can I do this? And I, I, I try to take the same things because he was amazing. I, you know, I walked out of there with the C, but I walked out with my head held high. Cause organic chemistry Absolutely. is hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's so hard. I agree with you. That's awesome that even if that's what you got out of that class, that mm-hmm. how to do your own way of teaching, I think that's a great learning. That's the best learning thing you ever could have got out of that class, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. Huh, interesting. I think, do you ever feel like you want to take it over as an adult and just see, like, what I do better if I didn't have 10,000 other things going on in my life with school? <laughs> I think to I be always honest, wonder. Oh my God, that's such a good question. I think to be honest... <laughs> I, I don't know if I would want to take it now because I know, <laughs> you know, I, we, I was, you know, same conversation with my, with my sister and my wife and I were talking cause you know, she has her master's degree. So she's a, she's a therapist. So okay. you know, she's well-educated. Right. So we were talking about it and I was like, you know, like I would much rather take an OCHEM test than do what I'm doing now sometimes because you know, regardless of which field you're in as a, as a dietitian, like you still have people's lives in your hands. Right. So in my case, mm-hmm. you know, cause I started with eating disorders. So I literally had people's lives in my hands and now it's, it's not as much pressure, but it almost is because the work that I do with the Milwaukee Brewers, I mean, I have their careers in my hands. So it's like, you know, what? like, yeah, sign me up for an OCHEM test. I'll take that. I don't want this right now. <laughs> I'll take that pressure, not this yeah. other pressure. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's some perspective. Okay, I'm going to think of you when I'm stressed out at <laughs> exactly. work, and I'm going to think of that OCHEM test. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's what I could be doing instead of this right now. That's yep. true. Yeah. So like if you go back, like, what were you really crying about, Des? Right. <laughs> like, like, you want to cry right now. Why did you right have now? those tears? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, okay. So like, yeah. So let's get into your career a little bit. So you okay. obviously you, you finished your, your dietetics degree, decided not to go to med school. I'm assuming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then, um, did you do your, in, did your, did you do your internship then at university of Arizona? Yeah, I did. So at the time, you know, the whole matching process, that's another topic. Gosh, I right. hate it. I hate it. I hate it for it's people. Hard. It's hard. Oh, you know, it makes you sad. It, it does. And I, I usually go back to the University of Arizona and talk to their their seniors just about, I mean, it's it's a careers class, but I, I think of it more as like a pep talk. It's like, hey, um, you're going to make your own path within this process. For those of you that get matched, great. Congratulations. For those of you that don't, doesn't mean that it's over. Doesn't mean that you're less. Doesn't mean anything because... The, the thing that I really loved about, so mine was the an ISP program. I don't know. I, I can't, I don't remember yeah. the acronym. I'm sure my yeah. director, Ashley Lenar is like, does, oh my gosh, you should have learned. <laughs> <laughs> you went through but this the, program, you don't remember. <laughs> exactly, right? So, you know, my first match, I didn't get in because, I mean, to be honest, my GPA, I think all throughout was like a two seven. So it was like, no one's going to give me a look. Right. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I like hustled and hustled and I was like, all right, so I didn't get matched. All right. So I need experience. So that's when I started really, the reason why I think I got my internship was, you know, having some really important people say like, Hey, I would work with this dude any day of the week. Right. So, um, I ended up getting matched to our ISP program at the university of Arizona, which I am so thankful for, that board and, and everyone who was responsible for that because they, they took a chance on me and I flourished and I continue to flourish since and coming, going back there to be able to, to talk about my story and be able to talk to other people like, Hey, the whole purpose behind what you're doing is, is passion and purpose. So regardless of whether you get matched or not, it has more to do with like, what do you want in life? And you, you don't have to go with the path that everyone else is going with, like make your own type of thing. So for me, it's just one of those things that I like really love talking about, especially with young dietitians because, or dietitians to be, because it's the field is changing and it's going in a really, really great direction. And regardless of whether you get matched now or in two years, you're going to get there at some point. So it's, it's always something I'm really passionate about talking with. I think that's awesome. You go back. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's fun. It I is fun. It. it is fun because and I think like you have such a good perspective because yeah, you weren't a four student and mm-hmm. you knew that you had to do something else to make things happen for you, and that was finding people, connecting with people, and hustling that way, not necessarily academically, but just professionally and in a job setting. Yeah, and it's and you asked me earlier like, hey, uh, would you want to go back to take these courses? I mean, I don't know if I would if I would get different grades because at the time, you know, <laughs> I'm supporting myself. You know, I'm working. You know, I did a, a bunch of jobs, but one that I did that really helped me to at least manage finances was working in the bar industry at the time. So it's like mm-hmm. you work really late hours. So if you think about it, it's like, hey, you were really busy then because you were supporting yourself, supporting yourself through school, paying for school. And now it's like, okay, well, you're, now you're supporting a family, trying to build your career, all these things. So it's like, 
you know, when I had those interviews, like, Hey, can you tell me a little bit about like why your GPA was this? I kind of just was really honest and had them connect with like, Hey, sometimes we have responsibilities. It's not that this wasn't prioritized, but I did not have the luxury of having others pay for my things. So it was like, you know, look at me as a person and connect with me as a person and see if it's a good fit versus what it shows on paper, because that's really not the image of, of why I got this interview in the first place. Right. So it's like one of those things of like, Hey, like come connect with me before you look at the paper. And that's that's something that I try to, yeah, that's something I try to do with, with people all the time. Well, and that's so true. Paper does not, there is nothing on paper that ever tells you really anything about the person. Yeah. Isn't (laughs) that true? Except like statistics. Like, oh, here's my name. Here's my age. Here's my email address. And here's some stuff. But (laughs) exactly. (laughs) There's nothing about who you are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, I think it's better because that there is some interview opportunities with internships now, because when Mm -hmm. I, I'm old. So when I was doing, (laughs) I was applying, there was no interview processes. It was just paper. That is all that you got. Where did you go? So I, um, I went to Iowa state for my internship, but I didn't go to a dietetic school. Uh So I kind of, it was hard for me to like, make myself stand out because I had no experience. I had no dietetics degree. I had nothing. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good that they do that now. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad yeah. they do. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually um did your inter how long has the internship there at for the IPSI? Is that how you say it? <laughs> the ISP? ISP. It's I S P P. It's like I don't know. I S P C yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up after we get done. Yeah, I tried to I tried to I tried to bury a lot of that because I mean another thing too like a blur. Yeah, here's the thing too at the time like literally I want to say a week before my internship started um we found out that at the time my girlfriend was pregnant. So I was like, "Oh my god." It's oh, <laughs> like, wow. well, "Okay, well, I can't just like go back and just work odd jobs." So I, mm-hmm. I did the 40 hour work week internship and then I tried to sneak in like 30 hours during the weekend at um, one oh. of the clinics I was working at as a, as a nutritionist, like nutrition graduate. Um, my gosh, I, I always tell my wife, like, I don't know why you stayed with me, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, that is crazy. But yeah. I get, I get like, you have to do what you have to do if this yeah. is your passion and your purpose. Like, if this is what you want to do with your life, you have to do what you have to do to make it work. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You obviously did that. And I, you probably do look back and go, that was a blur. I don't even remember how anything yeah. I've done. I don't remember how I was even functioning. Nothing. Yeah, it's... You know, you're doing a good job, Anne, because you're helping me just relive traumas right now. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> your therapy session for dietetics. Yeah, right? There we go. I need it, man. It's, it's been about I two weeks. We Let's do it. this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all, I think sometimes all of us dietitians need some type of therapy because it's not an easy road and some people's are really difficult. Yeah. Through. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge proponent oh of doing that anyway. So it's, yeah, it's needed. Me too. Oh, <laughs> me too. Absolutely. Uh, so you did internship, you survived it, you passed what you, so you said you started out in eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time um, I went from like nutritionist to dietitian at the place that I was working at. So, you know, I 
did a really good job with the internship, passed, you know, in my first um, test. And so yeah. got my, um, yeah, right. So I, I got my first taste into actually being a clinician, you know, a nice little pay bump. That was nice. <laughs> that is nice. Um, right. So I started working with eating disorders. So I did that probably, so I graduated in 2012, did my internship 2015, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started working or continued to work with eating disorders for a while. And then, you know, I decided I needed something new. So I started working with the community health center, which was, you know, dealing with more community nutrition and the underserved, which was really nice because growing up, you know, I didn't, I'm not fluent in Spanish, so I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. And it's something that I, that I've always wanted to do. And I always felt culturally that was missing. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's something else to, I was at the time, you know, another odd job in college. I worked at the Doubletree as a, as a bellboy, right? <laughs> so, okay. So it, it was, it's another thing to have a Spanish speaking person come up to you and just start rattling off. And you just kind of look like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what you're saying. And then point them to the, at the time, a, a friend of mine who is uh, a white woman, but spent a lot of time in Argentina that could just rattle off. So the look that I used to get was like, oh my gosh, this is just shame for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so with the community health center, it was really nice because, you know, here in Arizona, here in Tucson, Arizona, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that are utilizing the community health center are almost 70% Spanish speaking only. So for me, it was a really nice thing because now I, I can hold the conversation, you know, regarding food. I'm still learning more of the conversational, but it's been really nice to, to have that. So, you know, I've, I've been doing that for the last, I want to say two and a half years, but I've really had to cut back on the hours because I've you know started my my online coaching business, which has been really fruitful and really booming, and then on top of that, I, I have a contract with the Milwaukee Brewers um, as a sports dietitian. So um, I would say that right now, like things are really really awesome and beautiful. I I don't think that I could have thought that my my career would be where it is right now, and and I'm really excited for what it's going to be because again, you know, if you told me that at the end of my test, you would have said like, Hey, does you're going to do all these things? I would have said you're effing crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Because what, what did you like when you were going to be a dietitian, did you have an ideal of what you wanted to work in at the time? Or were you like, whatever, I'll just take a job. No, I, I mean, I, I, I've said this to a lot of people and, and I'll keep saying it because, um, you know, one really key thing that happened in my life and the reason why I actually stuck with dietetics was so when I graduated in 2012 from my undergrad I ended up taking a position in Vancouver um, BC so I was moving and you know I didn't get an internship so I was like you know what like I've always wanted to be a food network star and to be honest like I I still do so (laughs) (laughs) and so I took a job in in Vancouver uh, for a PR firm that represented food network. So to me, it was like, okay, that's my end. I'm going to do this. So within a week of being there, I found out that my work visa got denied and I actually got deported back to the States. So, um, really? uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I like sold everything. Like I was ready to leave. I mean, I'm a, a local kid, so I've lived here pretty much my whole life. So to me, it was like, I told my family, like, I love you guys. I'm not coming back. However, I'm going to build a future where 
I can take you guys wherever, wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a week of that and in, in getting deported, like coming back, I, I mean, that's the reason why I got into eating disorders is because when I got back, I, you know, <laughs> worked a freaking fry cook yeah. job at a, at a place for like two weeks. and was like, you know what? Like I'm educated. This is, can I cuss on here? Ann? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. You know what? I'm educated. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Well, that so, had yeah. to be, was that heartbreaking for you? Cause you had, Oh my gosh. Had, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're joking. So about- are you like just one and done? Like they just say, okay, nope, you were. And then I'm sure the job was like, well, we can't wait for you to get another visa or that's, try to get yeah. one that's going to be accepted. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's pretty much all. Everything you just said is pretty much what happened. So, <laughs> so I mean, sucks. I, yeah. It, and it, <laughs> and here's the thing too, at the time, like I didn't understand how fruitful it was going to be, which kind of points back to like, you know, you always really love the motto of like fail hard and fail fast because you grow and you learn. And for me, like, that's just, that's just a good picture of like, okay, that was failing fast and failing hard. <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, yeah. And so for me, if I think back on it, it's like, okay, well, I never would have met my wife today. I wouldn't have a kid and you know, I, I wouldn't be purposeful in the way that I am and I wouldn't have the opportunities. And so when I, when I think back on those things, it's like, okay, like what was I being taught? And to me, it points back. And this is something that I say anytime I go back or anytime that I have a, you know, an intern that I'm trying to develop as a, as a dietitian, um, and pointing back to saying like, Hey, your connection to people in your field, your connection to the people that you're working with is the most important thing because these are the people that might, might hire you someday. These are the people that might refer you to, to more people. Like it, it's all about your connection to people. So going back to like, you know, what do you do with these things? Like, you know, was that really traumatizing? Yeah, it absolutely was. And at the same time, my first job in the field was actually someone um, that owned an intensive outpatient here in, you know, here in Arizona that I served when I was working at a a Jewish deli. So, (laughs) so it's like one of those things like, you know, you're going to make an impact on some people. And like, if you can get business cards or, you know, I don't even know if people have business cards anymore. I don't, I just social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. my handle. That's easier. Exactly. Here, here's my handle. <laughs> <laughs> um, connect with those people. Cause you never know, you know, I, I've been really fortunate to have some really great connections and, and still some people that I need to reach out to. Cause I've, it's, it's been kind of cool. I don't know. You probably have a lot of people reaching out to you and that are in their internship or, kind of thinking about developing as a dietitian, it's really nice to give back, isn't it? Absolutely. I think in our profession, I think it's a must. And if you yeah. don't, it's very sad because mm-hmm. like there's just in like your situation, like there's always people that need just a little push or a little guidance or just a little something to keep them wanting to move forward. Mm-hmm. So we've got to provide that for yeah. our new student. Yeah, Absolutely. And see, like, I think I, I love how you said about connections because mm-hmm. you never know, like, if you touch somebody in a way, it doesn't have to be anything like super personal, but like working in a deli, it's not like you're having like in-depth conversations. <laughs> but if you just say, hey, how's your day going? Anything, you know, just opening up dialogue with people, no matter what situation you're in, can lead mm-hmm. to amazing 
things. Yeah, because I think people want to connect with people. I mean, this this whole social media thing, the, the reason why I really enjoy it and I really love it is because, you know, I first started doing social media because to me, when I was becoming a dad there, I felt at least that there was a lot of holes regarding resources for dads. So there's a lot of mommy blogs. There's a lot of, you know, thankfully, you know, my, my wife has been really helpful towards that process. And at the same time, you know, there were, there's no other men in the field that were addressing like, Hey, you're going to feel X, Y, and Z or like, Hey, there are going to be times where, you know, you feel inadequate or you feel like you can't feed your kid. And I mean, that's a huge reason why I even had my Ted talk opportunity, which was talking, you know, I, that was one of those bucket list things that I did that I was, you know, it's still to this day that I, I want to chase that, that high again, which was amazing. Um, but the premise of the whole talk was like, Hey, I couldn't feed my daughter. It was like almost a week of being home and trying to feed her and it wasn't happening. Like, what do I do with this? And then it kind of pointed back like, okay, well, what do we learn in life cycle? It's like the division of responsibilities, right? So um, it's one of those things that I just, I think from a development standpoint, it's just really important to, to get back to like, you know, in this case, like why you enjoyed nutrition, you know, what can you do with that? So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I just like constantly thinking about. Well, I, and, and you can tell just by, I, and I, that's what I think the first time I saw you was your Ted talk. Cause I mm-hmm. saw it on someone's social media and I loved, I loved that you did a Ted talk. It's so great to see dietitians doing Ted talks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this guy's awesome. And I, and I liked your approach of dad's, that's there's dads out there that are single dads or, you know, mm-hmm. dads that have seven kids and they need to help their wives. And you're yeah. addressing, you're addressing something that is much, much needed. Like you said, there's mm-hmm. mommy blogs, there's all these great women support, but there needs to be support for fathers too. Yeah. And it's, it's such a funny, it's such a funny market too. Um, you know, because of my either work experience background or, you know, being married to a therapist, there's a lot of, (laughs) there's, there's a lot of encouragement to be authentic and vulnerable. And, Mm -hmm. and it's something that I see as a strength now. And, you know, when I, it's funny because when I put out like polls or anything like that, or try to connect with dads, like it's like crickets. (laughs) There's like, really? Cause you don't get anything. No, it's there. I'll get, uh, here's the thing. So I'll get things in, in DMS like, Hey man, really loved what you had to say about this. I really connect with this. I mean, right now, um, I'm actually, um, collaborating with a, uh, a friend of mine who reached out to me originally. I was like, Hey, a lot of what you're saying really speaks to me. I'm a new dad. Um, I'm a strength coach. I'm a sports dietitian. And so him and I are actually collaborating on a, on a podcast idea. Um, really catering to, to those things because it's just one of those things where, with with the the male market like the kind of millennial dad they're getting used to the idea of our role has really changed and we're not sure if we can talk about it yet so <laughs> it's uh, I can see that yeah it's it's a really funny market and um you know for a lot of your listeners if you are a you know male millennial dad regardless of where you are the, the more that you talk about these things, the more that you ask questions, the more confident you're going to feel in so many areas of, of your life. And 
it's it's a it's a testament to what I'm doing because it's it's the reason why I continue to do what I do and I love what I do because I I I can't tell you how much more confidence I am having not only just as a dad but just in overall life by just continuing to ask questions, try to connect with other people, and talk about like, hey, I don't know everything, and sometimes I feel really inadequate, and saying that confidently is. I don't know. For me, at least, it's empowering. And that's that's like the stigma. Like, get rid of the stigma of talking about your feelings or what you're yeah. doing, and just talk about it. It's going to be fine. And yeah. I think if you a podcast idea is a great idea because I feel like that's where men secretly listen to things mm-hmm. and yep. <laughs> they yeah. can do it in their cars. And they and if you you give it a great approach, they're mm-hmm. going to resonate with you. Which is yeah. why I think like. What you put on social media, I think men have to resonate with that. There's yeah. no way they don't. Yeah, it's 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 a funny market. So I'll get the moms. They're like, "Yeah, my husband <laughs> needs so much help." I'm like, "Yeah, tag him," and then they'll tag, and then I'll try to connect, nothing. and then nothing. Uh huh. Well, it, you have to you have to get your momentum right. Like yeah. one of these days, it's gonna click, and it's gonna like keep keep moving forward. Is yeah. that kind of the basis of your 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 business, your entrepreneur business then is just kind of working with dads and working with nutrition and helping support them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, before, you know, you and I kind of jumped on the phone, um, I was talking to my wife because I recently had just, um, had a, you know, a strategy call with, a with a guy and, and at the time, you know, walking him through the process, trying to hear a little bit more about his goals and things like that, you know, we really connected and, you know, at, at the end of it, it was like, Hey, you know, I really want to you know, offer you a spot. Um, you know, do you want to take it type of thing? And so, you know, obviously at the time I kind of understood that he was like, Hey, I, you know, I really want to do this. This seems like a really great investment. Like I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of a, cause a lot of what I do in my business too, is I have a, like a, a dad community of, you know, men who are just like supporting one another. So I talked about that. And so, um, for him, he's like, Hey, I'm going to talk to my wife and we'll, we'll go from there. And so, you know, and I was telling my, my, my wife after we got off the phone, like he's going to lose all that momentum, all that connection, all that vulnerability, all that strength. And then think about him like, you know what? I, I think I'm okay type of thing. And, and that's what happened. And so we were talking this morning about it and I was like, you know, like I, I think that this community and that this market is is a hard one to break and at the same time with who i am as a person um i'm really excited to see it grow because i know that it's going to really boom because i think just as a as a culture that we need more men to be vulnerable we need more men to communicate about what they're feeling their inadequacies some of their strengths and they need to feel safe enough to do it without you know, being shamed for it. Cause in the male culture, it's, um, it, it's hard. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't cry on a guy's shoulder unless they're like your best friend. Right. So it's like one of those things, it's oh. like, there's a really weird stigma. And, and what I try to do with my social brand, uh, and my business is trying to almost bridge that gap between like, Hey, you know, from the, from the aspect of food, um, here are some of your inadequacies. It's okay to talk about it. You know, here's the bridge between the solution. Like, Hey, this is how we do this. 
And then once you cross that bridge, go spread the message, right? Go spread the message with your brother or your uncle or dad or, or, you know, whatever that is. And so for me, it's just like one of those things that I'm just like trying to really ignite and just, I'm really excited to see it cascade into something huge. I think that's so, I think, I think I need to go through some of your counseling sessions. Cause I think even <laughs> as a female, I think even as a female, it's hard to, <clears throat> you know, like you have a male that comes and like you said, is very interested. You connect and they need your help. They want your help. But then they're like, Nope, I got this. I can do this yeah. on my own. Yeah. And it's hard to like, I think it's probably easier for you to even like follow up and be like, Hey, I, I really want to help you. But as a female, it's like, Oh, well, I'm just going to let him go because you know, we don't want to upset you. We don't want to cross any lines. Like there is, I think as a male dietitian, you would connect better with males in that perspective because you yeah. understand them better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, as females, I think it's tough, but just like you, it's probably tough for you to connect with females sometimes when it's always, it's such a female dominated you know, profession. So I don't know. That's, that's tough. Yeah, but I think you would, you sound like you have the momentum to want to, you have the passion to make this happen. Yeah, I absolutely do. And <laughs> like, even like working in eating disorders and what I usually tell like young dietitians, like, Hey, if you don't know what you want to do, start with eating disorders. Because for me, it taught me so, and taught me so much about communication and not just like, hmm. you know, how to communicate with someone but really how to like non-verbally communicate, like verbally communicate and how to like sit with someone in their pain and not want to fix. Like for me, it's, that's like one of those things that has just been really, really fruitful. Cause at the time where I was working, I would sit in on like intense therapy sessions. Cause like my mentors were therapists. So they would always tell me like, Hey, you know, dietitians, that we've worked with focus on the food. And while it's important, it's also important to help them find connection. And so for me, it's like one of those things that if I'm coaching a young dietitian or someone who wants to be a dietitian, it's like, Hey, what you're doing is important. Your schooling is important. You know, clinically it is absolutely important to keep learning. And at the same time, if you can't connect with the person that you're teaching, that's going to go in one ear and out the other. And the same Mm -hmm. thing with you, you're going to receive burnout faster than you think. So it has a lot to do with like, can you connect with, with people and kind of going into my career? I mean, it was primarily women, like all the people that I worked with was, was women, you know, and, and most eating disorders, you know, it's the, the field changing a little bit, but it was also women. So you're asking like, hey, you know, were you uncomfortable with talking with women? I mean, that, I think that's primarily, you know, why I'm really strengthened in what I what I'm doing because I I learned how to connect and how to empathize, and and also how to how to make sure that it's okay to be vulnerable. And now that I spread into kind of that that male sphere, it's uh it's a hard one, but it's going to be really really fruitful. And, and I know that, and I'm excited about it. Well, I'm excited to to see how all how everything kind of advances for you because I know it's going to be I know I know it's tough, but you've been through some tough stuff, and <laughs> I, think you, I think this is probably probably something that is much more rewarding, even if it's tough. Yeah, and and I think the other thing is too is again pointing back to connection is connecting with your people in your field because and I, I don't know if 
you know, you've disclosed this to, to your audience, but I asked you if you remember correctly, like, Hey, why did you start a, a podcast? And your answer to me is something that I and honestly think about almost daily. It's like, if you want something really bad and something is holding you back, it's likely, it's likely yourself, right? It's kind of that imposter syndrome. It's, mm-hmm. it's negative self-talk. And, and for me, it, being able to connect with someone like you, and, and I'm really glad that, you know, you and I are talking on this podcast right now, which is wonderful. Cause you would ask me back then, Hey, you're going to jump on Anne's podcast. I would have said again, like fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your, your answer to me was again, it was life changing. So connecting with other people in the field is huge because everyone does have a story. And I, again, I appreciate being able to, to tell mine on, on, on your podcast. Well, that's, and that's what, that's what this podcast is for is to kind of, no matter what you can gain something from somebody somewhere, whether mm-hmm. it's in person or if it's through social media, which that has such been such a great connection or at a deli, you can find <laughs> a connection right yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And that's, and that's ultimately at the end of the day, that's what life is about mm-hmm. is making connections. Yeah. You're so inspirational. I, I just, <laughs> I want to learn from you and I, and I, I do get a lot of value just from what you post and your perspective. So I appreciate you being in the field and providing that for all of us dietitians. No, I not. I appreciate you as well. I, I appreciate you appreciating me. And so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have to ask you, so I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, he has a Ted talk. So how does someone even get on the radar for a Ted talk? How did you prepare? Like, tell me more about that. <laughs> oh, again, I, I have to chase that again because it was, gosh, man, being able to re- literally cross something off your bucket list just, is just a really fun feeling. So, uh, so the so your TEDx platforms are much more different than your TED platform. So each TEDx platform is their own individual nonprofit. So this one here was the TEDx Tucson. So they act independently of Ted. The reason why I always tell people like, oh yeah, man, I heard you did a Ted talk. And I'm like, did you watch it? Well, yeah, I watched it. I was like, did you like it? And they're like, no, like, oh my gosh, you're ruining my life. Go like it. <laughs> because <laughs> Please if it go gets, like it. Yeah. Cause if it gets engagement, then Ted will pick it up. And then, you know, oh, I get to go be on bigger stages. Okay. So, um, okay. Well, I'm going to make sure I do that. I don't know if yeah. I did that. Okay, yeah. So everyone that is going to watch it or that did and that did not like, you are ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin Desi's life, people. Yeah. Go like his TED Talk. Uh, I know, right? So, <laughs> um, so going back to like the the TEDx uh, platform. So there are tryouts in every city, right? So wherever city you're at, look up TEDx. You know, what city are you in right now? I am in Des Moines. I don't know. I've never looked. I'll have to I'm look. I'm pretty I don't sure there's a TEDx Des Moines. I, I would have Is to there? almost be positive. Okay, I'll look. Yeah. So you, you look up TEDx in your area. Um, most places are going to have a website. So, I mean, that's literally what I did. I looked up, oh my gosh, is there a TEDx Tucson? And lo and behold, there was. And it was like, hey, there's a tryout in two weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, okay. So um, with my process, and this is mostly how the other ones are going to go, the whole feature with TED is, you know, to spark an idea, right? So when you're constructing your, your talk, 
it, again, you don't need to have a groundbreaking idea, but it needs to be an idea. It's it's education, but the reason why people want to listen to TED Talks because because it's an idea. Like for me, if you look at my TED Talk and they're like, "Food fights will save your life," like what the heck is this? Like it has to be something that is like, "What the heck?" Okay, I'll watch this. Right. So throughout the whole process, I had started with, you know, because my experience, the reason why I wanted to write it was. Um, at the time I couldn't feed Rory because she wouldn't take a bottle and she hated it. And I think the moment for me that it just changed my life is I, I tried to FaceTime my wife to be like, Hey, this is what she's doing to me. Like, it's not me not feeding her that she's just screaming her head off. And before you know it on FaceTime, I had Rory crying, my wife crying. I was crying and I was like, all right, this, this can't happen anymore. <laughs> so um, when you're constructing your talk, you're, you're going to have obviously an audition. So for me, I auditioned with like 45 different people and I was one of eight selected. Um, but, but here's the thing. So the way that most of these TEDx markets kind of do their talks is they they'll find a theme and they'll market that theme. And sometimes your talk, and you don't know this cause you don't know what they're working on. Your talk might sure. not be the talk for them. So if you do go out and get an audition, and don't get selected. It's not that your talk or idea wasn't good. It's just likely that the theme that they're going to be working on that you have no idea about doesn't align. And so I was originally supposed to present at a, like a TEDx women's conference because I'm talking about feeding. I'm talking about diet culture. So obviously they like, okay, well women, right. Which I yeah really disagreed with. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> um, so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I ended up at the time, it took like a year to actually get coaching and get into the process, but I ended up presenting at one that was called, um, TEDx Tucson connect the dots. And so for me, like my whole talk and, and my idea was really connecting the dots. And so we worked with a speaking coach who is Doug Peterson. Like the guy is amazing. He's so amazing and so abrupt and so blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Which you have to be in when you're a speech yeah. <laughs> speech coach. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, he helped us, you know, fine tune the talk in a way that, you know, he didn't want us to memorize each and everything, but he wanted us to have flow. Like if we stepped on the stage, it's a really important moment and a moment that most people might freeze. Right. So it's one of those mm -hmm. things that it was like, hey, again, connection, <laughs> connect with your audience. Mm -hmm look people in the eyes and use that within your flow. And so, you know, I, I was able to get to a point where I kind of just part of my daily gratitudes would write out my speech and visualize like, okay, this is when this would happen. This is when I would look at someone. And the, the thing that was really weird for me was right, our coach asked us like, Hey, if you're telling a joke, like you have to let people laugh, don't cut them off. Um, for me, if you kind of look at the talk, I did get some laughter, but on stage, it felt like the laughter was like really long. Like I didn't prepare for how much they were going to laugh, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which kind of like, oh my gosh, you're interrupting my flow. Please shut up so I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so me um, off, people. yeah, exactly. So, you know, most places are going to have like a, a team that are going to help you prepare for your talk. Um, okay. And then at that point, it's just a little bit more of just, fortitude to just practice it and, and know that 
Um, and this is also really helpful for me to learn that the people in there and in most occasions, even on social media, the people that are, you know, engaging with you, they want to see you succeed. And so like the only person that wants you to fail is, is likely you. And so it's, it's mostly just like, okay, these people are here to hear my idea. And the, the whole premise of my talk was, you know, being able to connect with food and, you know, seeing my little girl grow, you know, during the times that we, you know, eat with our hands when it doesn't call for it. Like these are all really important food connections that I'm hoping that Rory will never forget. And so when she ever, you know, unfortunately gets hit by diet culture, she can go back to like, no, this isn't what I was taught. And that's the reason why, you know, I don't ever engage in that type of stuff because it's, no, I wasn't taught this. So it doesn't connect with me. That's so cool. That's it's interesting to know that behind the scenes, because I'm like, I you like how much time you get and how they help you prepare. And I mean, what a great opportunity. And yeah. if anyone listening has not seen Desi's TED, TEDx talk, I will also put that in the show notes and link it because it's, it's great. You did such a great job. And <laughs> I, I, I admire I you for that because I probably would pee my pants if I, <laughs> if I did that. So. <laughs> I have to wear a diaper on stage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of the things I go into was, was really funny too. I, uh, <laughs> and the team was great too, but like at the time, like I, I tried to wear a neutral color cause like, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to sweat. Like I don't want to be up there with freaking pit stains. And so, right. and so I was like, I don't know what to do. And like our, um, stage production crew, like, the head person had done a bunch of shows and Broadway and stuff like that. So she had experience. So I was like, Hey, like, you know, I can't stop sweating and I don't know what to do. Like I'm wearing a purple shirt. It's supposed to be dark. You can literally see this. Like, what do you want me to do? And she was like, okay. Um, all right, so let's do this. And so she had someone literally get, <laughs> um, literally get like a, like a maxi pad, put it under. <laughs> On your armpit? Yeah. I've kind of, I think I've seen that before. I have, I, and it works. Doesn't it work? Oh, it worked great. You don't see any yeah. pit stains on, on me. <laughs> now, if I watch your, now, if I watch your Ted talk again, I'm going to be like, huh, he's got a maxi pad. Yeah, under yeah, under, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just all like those, those little things. Really, yeah. All, it was really yeah. great. Well, at least, you know, there's other people that struggle with that too. So you're not the only one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that, that felt good. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's well, thanks for sharing. I, I also, you're actually the first person I shared that with. So, Hey, this is really, vulnerability time. yeah, <laughs> that is vulnerability time. thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to remember that I get kind of sweaty too. I might have to use that. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of genius, actually. I know, it really is. <laughs> and so one other thing I wanted to ask about your business, you do so many things. I don't know how you keep this all straight. You must plan very well. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Milwaukee's, Milwaukee Brewers, how mm-hmm. do, um, so you're a consultant dietitian for them. Mm-hmm. How does how did you get into that? Have you always had a passion for also like sports nutrition as well? Yeah, um, you know, I grew up being an athlete. Um, and I always, I always joke. I, I always feel like the reason why I got the job in the first place where they ask you like, you know, the classic question, like, why should we hire you? 
Um, and I was just, I told them, and, and this is something that I still think about to this day. And I still believe was like, look, um, I grew up wanting to be a three sport athlete. I wanted to be in the NFL, the MLB and the NBA. Uh, lo and behold, I'm five six, one seventy, so that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you need to grow your hair taller. I know, right? right? <laughs> you to- um, give yourself some inches. Yeah, exactly. And I had said, like, however, to me, um, this is my professional baseball. This is as a kid the reason why I practiced. So the devotion and time that you're going to get from me, and the time that I am going to connect with your athletes because they're at this level is the reason why you need someone like myself, right? So that's kind of what I had said. And it's something that I always think about because I, when I work with these players, it's, I enjoy it. I, I love it. Like there's not a whole lot of people and I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I just, cause I have to commute to Phoenix cause I live in Tucson and usually work out of Phoenix a lot. So I have to go there. Okay. So my, you know, let me kind of just bring it in for you. <laughs> my uh, Thursday night, I went to bed like a grandpa at like seven thirty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went to bed at seven thirty. I woke up at two thirty. You know, I try to make sure that I my morning routine doesn't change. So it's like meditation, gratitudes, like plan the day, like go crush it, right? So mm-hmm. I, I did that, and I left at three. So I got to the complex at five. So with um. With the Milwaukee Brewers, they're kind of like second Milwaukee is in Phoenix. So we have this like really great state-of-the-art complex um, that is for a lot of our development and also our rehab. So obviously with spring training almost being done, like the MLB is there right now. And so, mm-hmm. and then all the other affiliates like the A, AA, High A, Triple A, um, you know, Development League, the 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 Dominican league, like everyone's there right now. And so it's like the hub, it's like the second Milwaukee. So, um, got there at five worked and then ended up, uh, arriving home back to Tucson at like 10 PM. And it's it's a really long day. And I guess as I was like driving home, I was talking to my wife and I, she was like, how are you feeling? Like, Hey, I feel good. Like this is what happened today. This is what I did. And she's like, you know what? I don't know a whole lot of people that would sign up for literally uh, almost 16, 18 hour day, almost, um, and be so like energetic and, you know, appreciative about it. Right. And I was like, Mm -hmm. to be honest, like, it's not, the day goes by really quick because I'm like doing some really cool shit. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So it, I, I grew up really wanting to be an athlete and didn't really know. I mean, I kind of got told the lies, uh, you know, in high school, like, Hey, protein, no one talked to me about carbs or, or fat or the micros or anything. Right. So it was like one of those things where like the, a lot of these kids too, like if they're coming from overseas, you know, we have some 15, 16 year olds that we signed. Wow. So it's like, you know, I can, I can be that person and be like, Hey, and protein and <laughs> you could do these sure. other things. You need all of these. Yeah. yeah. So do you kind of ebb and flow then with your job? Is it kind of busier during this time of year or do you, are you always spending as um, much time? It, that's a good question. So with spring training there, it's obviously just, you know, just go, go, go. Um, sure. And at the same time, you know, it, it, it's still, still one of those things where, 
there isn't really a moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, this day is not going to end because there's always something that I'm doing. Um, and sometimes it might be literally sitting in the dugout and watching the game, which I mean, for those of you who have watched baseball, it's hard to watch baseball, but most people will go to a game. Well, I get mm -hmm. to do that, except I'm in the dugout, <laughs> which I think is That's cool. That's so fun, yeah. which you probably love. I love that. Yeah. So um, it's kind of one of those things. There are some ebbs and flows. And at the same time, it's, I love it. It's, it's really, really fun. Well, that's another awesome part of kind of the leg of Desi. He's yeah. doing community health. He's doing dad nutrition and dad health. And yeah. he's doing sports nutrition. That's yeah. really cool. I um, like how you have that blend of all the things that you really are passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, my main goal is to really build the business so I can do that, you know, full time and then also continue with, with sports. I, I think overall, those would just be like the two big things. So that's the reason why sure. I'm working my butt off is to, <laughs> is to do that. To get to that point. Yeah. Within, yes. the, within this year. So that's, that's the goal. Ooh, well, to be continued. I'm excited yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing all that with us. And you're, you're just someone that I hope that everyone takes advantage of connecting with because you are, you're a person with a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and a lot of support. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. And I, I, again, what you had said to me really stuck with me. So this is really one of those things that it's nice to see this come to fruition. So, uh, okay. I'm, I'm really, really thankful and really grateful for you. Not only just like in the field, but you know, we're friends now as a friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well now I have some hard questions for you. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always says these are the hard questions. So share with me some of your favorite foods. Favorite foods. Um, so I'm gonna talk to, yeah, I was going to say that. I talked a little bit about this earlier. <laughs> is I would, have, I would absolutely have to say tostadas because it's what I get every birthday. And, and it's amazing. Mm. I mean, tostadas, you can add anything on it. So it's like, hey, here's all the foods. Oh. Put this on this corn tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> so... This um, plate you can eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. Holy crap. Yes, this plate that that's you can eat. That's what I always call them. Yeah, that's what we always call them when we were kids. Plates you can eat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that. And to be honest, like, I, I love my homemade pizza. Like, I just, I love pizza. So I would say those two things. Oh, if I don't say red chili, my mom will kill me. All right, red chili too. <laughs> Red chili, is that her, one of her specialties? Yeah, it's like something big in, in New Mexico because, you know, like they're the chili capital of the world, right? So, um, oh, yeah. we, uh, like for Thanksgiving's a nice little example. We don't use gravy, we use red chili. So, we get all the same things that you oh do, but God. we just doused it in red chili, which is just the most amazing think, thing in the world. I think I would like that better. You need yeah. to share, share a recipe that you like with me because I don't <laughs> like gravy. I would like red chili for yeah. sure. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, beverages that you enjoy. Uh, outside of alcoholic. <laughs> you can do both. I've, I, I like to hear both. <laughs> um, so from, from an alcohol perspective, I, I do like IPA, but at the same time, it gets really freaking hot here. So the last thing I want to drink yeah. is that. So I've been really into sours right now. So I, I yeah. like those. 
Um, but overall beverage aside from that, um, you know, I would have to say iced tea. My mom used to make iced tea and leave it in the fridge and I would come in playing basketball or something like that and just literally just chug it from the, the, uh, the jar and she'd get so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> and so now to this day, like, you know, my wife does it sometimes and I'll come in and chug it from there. She's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like this is in my DNA. I can't change it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say just like a, a nice sun tea. I don't, I don't need any sugar or anything. I'm just going to chug it. <laughs> yeah. That, well, when you're hot and you're playing sports, that is kind of refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Try it. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a really good question. It's going to sound really weird, and I hope that at least some of your listeners can connect with this. Um, I like my, my family smell. Like, I don't know. There's something about being away from home and coming back to mm -hmm. it and you kind of smell your smell. Um, the same thing, like there might be moments where I'm working a lot and I'm really maybe missing my girls and I might catch a whiff of them like on my clothes or something like that. And it kind of just like, sure. oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> um, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would say those. We all have our own smells and our homes have our own smells yeah. and yeah. it does, it does kind of take you to a place when you, it's like a cozy place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have a favorite color or color? <sighs> favorite color. Um, I like blues. I, I could wear, I can go from like Navy to almost baby blue, but I don't like them too bright. Like I, my mom used to make me wear a lot of bright clothes because she said it complimented my beautiful skin. But when I wear them, oh. well, yeah, <laughs> my mom That's was really so sweet. My mom was really good about body positivity, and we didn't even know it, right? So that's um, so awesome. I know. Um, yeah, I would say shades of blue if if that's an answer. Would that be your uh, professional sport team colors? Your NBA, your MLB. Well, yeah, the, the Brewers are, are navy, and they have one that's blue too. Yeah. So I guess so. Yeah. See? Yeah. See, you're drawn to that. Yeah. And Desi, what brings you joy in life? <laughs> um, and I would say connection. I would say, obviously, family's a, a big one. Um, <laughs> my my daughter brings me a lot of joy. It was funny. That's the best, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I'm gonna cry. Is that cool? <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. Um, literally, before I was talking to you, they were talking about an athlete who has been fighting because of her daughter, and I, <clears throat> I really just connected with it. So for me, it's I, my daughter brings me a lot of joy. That's uh -oh. So wonderful. Yeah, I love what I'm doing because. I get to, I get to be with her and I get to invest my time to have more time with her. So I would say those things. That's why you do all of that, right? Yeah. That's why you do everything. Yeah. You do all of your, your things that you're passionate about ultimately for her and your other, your girls, which I yeah. love how you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aw. Well, you're just 
You're awesome, Desi. I hope you know that every day. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I hope your third, your three and eight year old self tells you that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a huge reason why I keep it in my office because during times that I am struggling, it's like, okay, all right, three year old, eight year old Desi, you guys got this. Pick yourself up. Negative voices. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, I'm excited to follow your journey. I think it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I hope everyone else does too. So thank you for today. No, thank you, Anna. We're very, very grateful for you. Thank you. I very much got choked up with Desi at the end of our conversation. You can tell how much love, passion, and purpose he puts into his life, his family, and his career. These are the emotions we should feel when we talk about our joys. I know Desi is going to carry out his mission of inspiring men to live their healthiest and happiest lives. And I have linked his TED Talk and his Instagram handle in the show notes. So please go there to follow and like. My website, AnnaElizabethArty.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all our conversations. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.